is Royal Rumble time. Every man for himself. And the old tugboat is going to jump right into the middle of things. And Holster, if it comes down to you and me, well, Mezzanine Sleepover episode 151, buddies. Uh, I know, right? <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you believe it? Uh, I am one of your pals. I am the Slip Man. Slip with five eyes or sleep. I am at Megamix.com and we're joined by the legend, the myth, the man. Disco Stu 81, what's up, Stu? How you doing, gentlemen? Uh, we're talking about uh, wrestling today, so we're doing great. Oh. Um, Anytime you can talk about the wrestling and the grappling. <laughs> but be, good. before we get into uh, the show, though, I, I have to adjust your, your intro to, to Disco Stew. Yes, yes. Uh, because Disco Stew, uh, unbeknownst to him till now, was bestowed an honor on last week's episode of the Mezzanine Sleepover. Uh, yes. Stew, uh, despite you know being on this show probably like a dozen times now, you may not be aware that we run our own Hall of Fame. Yes. On uh, the Mezzanine Sleepover. Uh, we have categories such as gaming, wrestling, music, uh, television, uh, movies, yeah. and we have a miscellaneous category. And inducted into the Mezzanine Sleepover last week in the miscellaneous category, Disco Stew. Yes. Congratulations, Stew. Do you I get a ring? Uh, like an onion ring. Uh, I'll take that. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll have to make some sort of prize, but uh, yeah. a trophy, a little mini bowling trophy. Ah, yes. That you can parade around. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Oh, shit. Uh, so congratulations on being. Uh, Thank you. The, yeah, the, I think you're the, are you, the, is this, is Stu the first inductee who we actually know? Uh, Kid Tetris was inducted. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Kid uh, Tetris. In our first, in our first Hall of Fame. Who uh, else but, is but Kid Tetris had like 20 years me. on Stu in terms of us knowing him. Uh, who else in the miscellaneous wing? Oh, I have to now. I have to bring up uh, our Hall of Fame uh, webpage. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm just heading over to mezzaninesleepover.com right now and clicking on the link called Hall of Fame. And let's yes. look at the, the miscellaneous most, wing. So we got Kid Tetris. We have yeah. music videos. That would be not a specific music video, but just the idea. The of, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Osborne Street in Winnipeg, we ran a competition where we had people uh, voting on Winnipeg's uh, top street, and Osborne Street won. Yes. Obviously. Uh, Domo, which is a gas station in Winnipeg. (laughs) (laughs) Is that 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 fudge brownie with a face? (laughs) Domo? Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I think there's... Yes, it was. That's yeah. Domo-kun. That was... Uh, what was that? Some kind of Japanese... Some like, Japanese meme, thing. Right? From, like, some kind of TV show. Yeah, Domo was formerly Dominion Gas. 
in uh, ah. Western Canada, and they, they shortened the Domo many decades ago. And I actually worked at the gas station for several years. And we had a wrestler in our backyard wrestling federation with a Hulk Hogan mask and a Domo uniform, Hulk Domo. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's ha- the story behind Domo. We have the pumpkin dance. Uh, yes. Every year there is a, there was a... There was a station in the United States, and at Halloween, they would have this guy in a black, uh, like, unitard, basically, and a pumpkin head, and he would do dancing to Ghostbusters. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, Go look it up we, on YouTube. Yeah. Pumpkin dance. Uh, we have we Ralph. Not have that in England. What's that? We did not have that in England. No. No. <laughs> no. We, we have Ralph the Teddy, which is our friend Mistopheles brought his teddy bear to a sleepover that we did. Uh, at uh, it was actually called, get this, the mezzanine sleepover. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the original and uh, this teddy bear we would give various wrestling moves to, including most famously a swinging neckbreaker. Yes. <laughs> uh, we have Jean Chrétien, former Prime Minister of Canada. We have <laughs> the Bowman Student Center, which is the student center in uh, at the University of Winnipeg, and then uh, inducted just this past week. Uh, as Megamix.com already knows. Yes. Uh, Slurpees. Nice. Uh, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pick-A-Pop Prick. You can tell that story. Uh, there is a Pick-A-Pop store. Pick-A-Pop was a place where you could buy bottled uh, uh, soda drinks and then bring back the empties and, you know, get more. And so um, in bottles. And we would go to this store and play video games and buy expired chips. And uh, the guy would always tell us about his great alarm system. So we would go and set the alarm off by parking our car in front in the middle of the night just to see if the police came. They did not. (laughs) Uh, We have Lenny, which was the nickname for my dad's old truck when I was in high school. And now we have Disco Stew joining this clearly elite group. (laughs) What an illustrious group. A mixed bag, isn't it? (laughs) You know what? It's uh, it to us. You're so over. Yep. I'm so, so there you go. Yeah, you can't. Turn, right. You can't turn this down. We forced you into it. No, this is this is top notch. I'll be very proud of this. Good. <laughs> what a great accomplishment. I mean, Thanks. so this year, I mean, you may be you may be still getting your uh, your citizenship this year, but now that will just have to be the second best. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm hoping With that this, they're. I assume get... this was not in time. For you to put this on your application for citizenship, it, it would have been done a long time ago if I had this on my resume. <laughs> wow, wow, wow! Hey. Eh? Huh. Anyway, but speaking of over and elite, fellas. Oh. Yeah, we're. Let's talk. Yeah, we should. T- we should mention we're going to be talking about Royal Rumble '91 shortly, just yes. so everyone knows. So that's the. I just I saw the segue. I had to. I had to take it. But uh, yes. So. Uh, so all elite wrestling. Uh, I mean, I guess for. Those who don't know. And I mean, if you're listening to this show and you don't know what AEW is, <laughs> like, not what that, are you listening not, to the show for, not, really? Not that we're the experts, but you're not going to click on a show called Royal Rumble by some people you don't know if you're not a big wrestling fan, right? Agreed. Uh, AEW is a uh, new wrestling promotion that is going to be uh, run by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Uh, backed by uh, the cons in Jacksonville, who are very, very rich. Yes, indeed. Uh, and they had their kind of kickoff uh, little thingamabob, this little presser that happened this past week. What do you guys think? Stu, what are your thoughts? 
any new any new opportunity for wrestlers to make money has got to be a good thing. Um, it seems that they're going the smart route of not really trying to compete with anybody off the cuff. They're just putting it out there, not trying to be. We're going to be as big as WWE. We're going to be as big as Impact. We're going to be as big as Ring of Honor. They're just going out there and doing it. And that obviously worked very well for All In. Whether they can maintain that level of momentum three or four times a year is a different matter. But thus far, it seems like they're doing the right thing. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's certainly exciting. As a, a fan who hasn't watched much outside of the stuff these guys have been doing, I'm excited. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, wrestling at is at one of its lowest points overall in terms of mainstream popularity. So it may not be the best time, but, uh, there's certainly a rabid, uh, core fan base of wrestling fans. And, uh, I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, you know, I gotta say though, you know, good first signing with, uh, big signing with Jericho. So, uh, that's a good sign. I think that, uh, there are three things that need to happen at this point that are, that are going to set this thing uh, up for success. Yes. One is that uh, they need to sign Kenny Omega. Yes, yes. Which, mm-hmm. from everything we've heard, sounds likely, but you never know. I mean, we could be watching the Royal Rumble in two weeks, and that dude, well, actually, he can't. He can't come out until February. He cannot. But, no. but, but uh, it's, it's sounding very likely that he's going to All Elite. Number two is they need to have the right television deal. Yep. Which, again is sounding like they're going to have something that's going to be good and they have the money, right? So, yeah. And the third thing will be who do they poach from WWE when contracts come up there? Indeed. Uh, Yeah. What happens? That's going to be interesting to see. uh, So if they can actually poach some talent on top of what they have, I mean, they also need to figure out um, how they're actually going to uh, partner with other organizations. They, I know they partnered with a Chinese, which one was it? Do you know the name? Megamix, you don't remember the name? I, I know. What is it? Uh, e. It's like OEW or something in China. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so they've already partnered with one there, but they've got, you know, they're going to have to do a Japanese partnership probably, maybe a Mexican one. Um, yeah. Stu and I are speculating now widely about what's going to happen to this uh, ROH New Japan show that we're going to. Yeah, mm. interesting, eh? Uh, because ROH has a partnership with New Japan, and... I think it's a pretty close one, and, and AEW is a, is a rival. Um, yes. I was listening to, to Meltzer talking about how ROH like helped out so much with the, uh, with the all-in show, and then the yep. dudes yep. all just left the promotion four months later to start, <laughs> to start a rival. Yeah, I find, I find that very interesting, and uh, uh, that's, that's really the, that's the competition. I mean, WWE is on a different level. Clearly anybody who says any differently is, is deluding themselves at this point. So it's really ROH impact. I mean, I think impact probably has, has the worst, uh, the worst outcome here. Hmm. I, I don't even know what's going on with impact. Is Cal- yeah, unless they managed to rope in kind of a, a, a cross promotional kind of thing. Uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're uh, I just don't, I just don't see how there's room. Right. In, in, in terms of televised wrestling products that people are going to pay money to watch the big shows and so on and so forth. And and to get that attendance, I, I, I don't know. Impact looks like it might be uh, in a bit of trouble because of that. It has too much stink on it from from the original product. Right. Well, yeah, they brought in all those guys, but, you know, to, to run it and, uh, you know, including including the natural. But, uh, you know, I just don't I don't know. It's, 
it doesn't it it, it it that brand is just so damaged it also strikes me that they just if if it the Khan family have as much money as I believe they do, and they're willing to invest in AEW. I don't see how Impact can keep up with that. No, because they, they're running on, on fucking fumes. Yeah, like they can't offer m- money. Then yeah. what else can they offer? Yeah, totally, right? So, yeah, I, yeah I, I'd say they're... I mean, WWE, of course, you know, probably should be a little concerned uh, just about, you know, another promotion siphoning off you know, a certain end of their business, right? And they're always concerned about that because while they have two monster TV deals, they're, you know, they got some razor-thin margins too when it comes to subscribers and and at least television ratings. So, you know, it's a, I think, you know, anytime there's more places for wrestlers to work, it's a good thing. And, uh, you know, that the the whole, watching people get upset, specifically WWE fans, was tremendous. (laughs) Uh, I'm just looking at <coughs> Shahid Khan's Wikipedia page. Um, yeah. Aside from owning Jacksonville Jaguars, Fulham FC, and All Elite Wrestling, he's also um, an owner of the Toronto Four Seasons. So, hey, dude, bring that product to Toronto. Yes, please. That's the thing, right? This this is gonna be some good, some very good moves coming on in in, in the AEW. So it'll be a good wrestling product. They have a show in Vegas in Mar- May. They're going to do a show in Jacksonville. They haven't said anything else yet. Yes. <clears throat> so we'll see what else they promote. Um, I think that that show in Vegas falls in between trips for Stu. And, I mean, we're doing the mega WrestleMania trip. So probably no yeah. all-in two. But, but no. you know, obviously down the road, maybe something. Oh, yeah. Fellas, we got to do it. All-in two is oh, not in the cards, but... Uh, down the road, absolutely. One of those, one of those super shows. Uh, Stu, I need to ask you: Did you watch uh, NXT uh, Takeover UK yesterday? I did. Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed that. I actually kind of semi forgot that it was on, and then uh, I was just looking around on YouTube, and the uh, the pre-show popped up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's five hours ahead, half past three in the afternoon. That's something good to watch." Nice. Uh, no, uh, it was a cracking show. The opening tag team match was outstanding. Uh, Finn Balor being a special surprise was pretty cool. Uh, the women's match was very good. I felt the main event went on a bit too long, but then Walter appearing afterwards was really awesome as well. Uh, and uh, the, the crowd chanting, what was it, Vince, are you watching? Are uh, you watching Vince McMahon, yeah. <laughs> the answer to that? No. No, he said yes. Oh, he said he well. tweeted that he was. Oh, whoever whoever runs his Twitter account. Yeah, Vince yeah. is a liar. I mean, Vince is a, Vince's Twitter account is is birthday wishes and like when someone dies. <laughs> That's all it is. Like Vince is clearly not running it. If it was Vince oh, running it, right? The, the tweets from Vince, right? They'd be like, "You're fired." <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! God damn, pal. Pal. <laughs> Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, the, the state of wrestling right now, you know what? I'm, I'm not torn. I mean, I think it's a a really good thing. Um, as a fan, you kind of now want all of the cards to, to, to line up properly. Like what I'm worried, the the worst case scenario is that we kind of split everything out a bit too much and you don't get enough talent spread out to get the best matchups. And again, the most talent by far is still in WWE and they just, they just refuse to give you the product 
And so yeah. will there be enough talent available to any one of these other promotions that makes it appealing enough is, is the question for me. Well, just watch. The signings are going to start coming even, even more fast and furious from WWE over the next little while, too. So it's going to be interesting. And you're going to see people that uh, are real talents doing nothing for the length of their contracts. I mean, their roster is, is bloated. It's just a bloated mess of people. And I just, you know, you can't possibly, um, you know, uh, showcase the amount of people that they have signed. I got to say, though, my big question about AEW is um, when they, they, I assume they'll have some kind of, some kind of title and, and tag titles. How quickly are, are Cody and the Bucks the champions? <laughs> Straight away. Right away, hey? Right away. Ugh. I can see the Bucks being the champs. I don't know about Cody. Just well, yeah, Cody might. Cody actually might not book him. The Bucks seems like seem like guys that would put themselves over. Absolutely, I feel like Cody would book himself to win the title in a city and then tell the fans afterwards that he threw the guy over the top rope and got disqualified. (laughs) (laughs) Over and over again. (laughs) There you go. Like his doubting through the whole loop. eh? just doing the doing the the new Cody finish. Yep. It's it's coming, everyone. It's coming. Um, Shall we talk about this rumble? Oh, please, let's do it. Uh, Do you have the tale of the tape, Mega Mix? Oh yeah, I got got the Wick guy in front of me here. All right, walk us Uh, through the tale of the tape. Start with the quick facts, and then we'll uh, then we'll talk a little bit about uh, our own personal connections to this Uh, Royal Rumble, nineteen ninety one, took place on January nineteenth, nineteen ninety one, emanated from. uh, Miami, the Miami Arena in Miami, Florida. Um, the attendance on the Wick Eye says about sixteen thousand. I don't have anything from uh, from uh, in terms of gate or anything. Do you have anything from uh, from uh, Uncle Dave in front of you? Or uh, no? I'm just actually going over to it now, which is why I had you giving the tail of the tape so I could go and find it. <laughs> <clears throat> we're we're prepared, if not anything. On this yeah. Show. I'm going okay now. I've got the I've got the review up, but I don't think I have uh, right. uh, money yet. Oh, we'll get that. Uh, so anyway, yeah, this was. Uh, well, I guess we'll give a little bit of background. WWF um, right now in the coming into the the, the final day of the uh, the illustrious reign of World Heavyweight Champion, the Ultimate Warrior. Um, they are also um, kind of uh, you know rethinking the whole the whole warrior era and looking to move uh transition uh back to hogan uh because uh it didn't quite light up the world like they thought the big thing though really for wwf at this point is the fact that they are essentially capitalizing on the uh escalating conflict in the in the uh, in the persian gulf yes and so um the problem for them was is that for months they've been kind of pushing uh, Sergeant Slaughter as an Iraqi sympathizer to get heat. But uh, in the end, um, there is an actual invasion of Kuwait and the, uh, the U S has to get involved and it kind of takes this already tasteless angle to a whole new level. Yeah. And so that's kind of where we are going into this. Like it goes from a, you know, a conflict that's, that's taken place to an actual war. Right. Yes. And I mean, to put it into context in, in our lifetime, um, it was kind of the first, like, you know, the, the U.S. was in these kind of chicken shit conflicts in the, or, you know, in the 80s. 
but no like full blown war since Vietnam. And obviously the Gulf yeah. War was not Vietnam, but it was the first kind of like, oh fuck, like this is really happening. And also uh, the first war that was like fully televised. Yes. And uh, and so it was kind of a big deal for a very brief period of time. And this is yeah. right in the heart of it. In, exactly. Like, I believe so they just they just um, the war had had just started like weeks before this. Did it not? Yeah. It was what was it? Yeah. Desert Desert Shield turned into what? Desert something? Storm. So, storm. Two days before the Rumble, Operation Desert Storm. Uh, Operation Desert Desert Shield became Desert Storm. Yeah. Two days before this. Yeah, that's great. So, Jesus yeah. Christ. Good timing. Good timing. Um, did you did you track down any numbers here? I don't have any. I don't have any gate right. numbers. So we're so as far as um, as far as your uh, both you guys uh, any any recollections about uh, Royal Rumble '91 as a person uh, in your wrestling fandom? I don't think I'd seen it before we watched it. This for this. Nice. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So I recall. Survivor Series 1990 being the first show that I saw and then kind of not paying any attention to it until me and my family went on vacation to Orlando in the summer of 91. And yeah. then we sort of bought wrestling figures and magazines and we got to watch it on TV and we got, that was it. That was like when we got wildly into it. Um, but that came at, well after this in 91. Nice. So I nice. never watched this show. I am very shocked that uh, Survivor Series 1990 didn't immediately hook you as a fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, hey, man, the debut of The Taker. The yeah, debut of The Cobbledygooker. Uh, I mean, I, I was into this show. Uh, I was watching wrestling big time at this point. Uh, was, you know, at the time as uh, I have been, I would have been 12 Yes. Uh, no, I would have been thirteen. I don't know. I would have been very upset though. Uh, very so upset. No, I was twelve. 13, I was twelve. You turned, dude. You turned thirteen six oh. months, seven months after this. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> I was thirteen. Uh, so it was. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, obviously an, an upsetting, uh, upsetting turn of events with, uh, <laughs> with what happened. And I thought, I thought like that match, the Warrior match, which we're, we're we'll get into just. It was kind of one of the first matches, especially for a world title match, where yeah. there was just so much injustice everywhere. Yes. Like, I guess aside from the fake referee with the Hogan loss, yes. but this one was, like, wild. Like, you didn't see this kind of interference in this match. You see it all the time now, but back in yeah. those days, you did not see this. No. Like, you might get, like, a, a manager distracting somebody or, like, brass knucks. <laughs> yeah. But not... Two people running in and like Macho Man hitting the. I remember when I was told because uh, you know this is back in the day where <clears throat> we weren't watching pay per views live, right? So no. So I'd go to school and they'd be like, "Did you hear that Macho Man hit the Ultimate Warrior with like a, a spotlight?" <laughs> it's like <laughs> what? what? Like that's crazy, but uh, he did. Indeed, he did. Uh, so, anyways, it was uh, you know it was a big show as usual, and back in the day when they did only four pay per views, obviously a big deal. Uh, for me, I mean, I started watching kind of in and around this time. My first one I remember watching SummerSlam '90. Um, 
I probably I obviously didn't see this on pay per view. Probably rented it months later. Uh, but this is right around the, the the beginning of my wrestling fandom, so it holds a you know a, a special place for me. Um, I rented this multiple times. Have watched this many times in my life. I hadn't watched it in many years, um, all the way through. Anyway, and so I was uh, I was I was excited. I don't remember hearing about this um, from people. My even. It wasn't until about WrestleMania where I started to hear what happened from my cousin after uh, like he found out what happened on the pay-per-view. My cousin was two, is two years older than me. So we would go, I guess he would go watch it and then, and then get a tape and then he let me watch the tape. And so uh, this one, I didn't really know what had happened. I didn't hear about it, but I did remember watching. Um, you know what? Actually, I might've heard about this because I remember Going and watching the, um, the there was a was there a Saturday night's main event af- right after this? Uh, probably. Where Duggan challenged Slaughter. Yeah. Yeah. So I probably watched that. So I was hip to this. I did know what happened. Yeah. What an injustice. I hate. I, I didn't. I didn't hate the Ultimate Warrior then. Like I hate him. Like I hated him later on. But uh, I definitely. But I, I. He wasn't my favorite. But I definitely was not a Sergeant Slaughter fan. So uh, I was hoping that. Uh, in that uh, that that other match that Duggan would win the title. Oh wow! Well. Another one of your favorites. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, that, that's for me. The state and then the state of WWF at this time is that they are uh, in the midst, kind of like now, in, in kind of in a decline, right? Oh yeah. Uh, they still in this in this pay per view are promoting for three months later WrestleMania Seven to take place at the Los Angeles uh, Memorial Coliseum with 100,000 fans. Uh, that, will not, that will not end up happening. They will end up moving to the Los Angeles Sports Arena with about 15,000 fans. Yes. Uh, so uh, the, the year before, they had done WrestleMania six in Toronto and sold out the Sky Dome. And now a year later, they're going to pull in an arena full of fans, which, you know, is, is not horrible. It's just... No, wrestling has clearly fallen from its peak by this point. Absolutely. Um, so and they're trying whatever they can, whatever they can here. And there's a, it's a, it's an interesting card to say the least. So I'm, I'm excited to go through it. Uh, shall we walk through the card? Let's do it. Uh, I do have the uh, ratings uh, up from Meltzer from the January 28th, 1991 edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Uh, the yeah. Royal Rumble pay per view. Uh, was given 89.1% thumbs up, uh, yeah. 10.9% thumbs down. So People liked it back then. Yeah, uh, you know, a, a liked show. Um, and then they have best match and worst match, which uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about ourselves. And yeah. uh, there you go. So uh, there was, I believe, a dark match. It was <laughs> uh, Jerry Sags pinned Sam Houston. Nice. Uh, so Made you know, anywhere in the country. Yeah, too bad we missed that. Uh, and then we get into uh, the pay per view itself. So we get the the introduction. Uh, we open with with the U.S. flag and the national anthem played via uh, recording. They couldn't bring anyone to sing. No, they just have the music and people are singing along. This is just dripping in red, white, and blue. It's disgusting. I had like. I was like, why are they doing this? And then, like, I, I briefly had forgotten and then quickly was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they do an intro video. Hmm? 
they were putting the boots to the Iraqis. That's why we're. <laughs> uh, Vince uh, runs us through a list of all the Rumble participants. Gene Okerlund runs us through the list. Was it Gene? Yes. I thought it was Vince. No, it was Vince pr- in the years previous. I believe this was Gene Okerlund. Stu, do you remember anything? It was. It was me and Gene, but I, I always thought Vince did it always, always did this. Well, Vince definitely did 89 and 90. And he did 2000. He did 92 as well. Uh, all right. I'm fairly certain it was Gene. R.I.P. and peace, Gene Okerlund. Okerlund. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes. We are in Miami, Florida. Uh, we, get, uh, we get Gorilla and Roddy Piper. So I'm already, like, down. It's already, it's already, like, no Bobby Heenan. You get goddamn Piper, one of the worst color commentators ever. Like, my heart sunk when these two come up. It's like, it, it, like, I like watching these events, but the two of them add, like, half an hour to the length of the show. Just Oh, absolutely. <laughs> psychologically. Um, so we get match one. It's the Orient... Well, hang on. Ex- oh. I got a little clip here of Piper in his monologue, his opening monologue. Oh, I got to, sorry, I got to flip around to it. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. in the world and the gold can watch us and check us out and let me tell you something the only yellow streak in this building tonight is on my arm and it's staying there till you come home but until then man just sit down relax and watch the rumble in the jungle hallelujah <laughs> just nonsensical garbage i like how he calls it the rumble in the jungle rumble in the jungle yeah, and he's got a little he's got a little like ribbon tied around his his, his jean jacket. So that's why he's talking about a yellow streak. I mean, Roddy Piper is looking very 1991. Oh he's yeah. He's got his like leather jacket. He's got his hair is like the perfect 90s mullet. Yep. Uh Gorilla looks like himself. <laughs> Gorilla who didn't age until all of a sudden in, at WrestleMania 99 just completely different person. Uh, so we have the Orient Express versus the Rockers in match one. Yes, indeed. Uh, I guess I'll just run us through the match. It was a great one. Fantastic match. Let's, let's hear. What, what do you got? Uh, let's see. So, uh, the Rockers are posing on the turnbuckles. Janetti gets knocked off the turnbuckle when he's posing. Uh, it but, takes the big bump, hey? Yeah, but very quickly, the Rockers make a comeback. Yeah. Uh, including a double tope. Uh, there's a nice sequence between Kato and Marty Jannetty. That's uh, right. We are now on to the, uh, what is it? Is it Paul Diamond? Yeah. It's, of Orient Express? it's no longer Sato. It's now the masked Kato. Basically, it's Bad Company reunited. Yes. Yeah. And so one guy has to be put in a mask because I believe he's clearly not Asian. Well, he's not Asian. No. Uh, we get uh, Tanaka um, drilling uh, Michaels. Uh, who makes a very quick comeback. I then wrote lots of chin locks in this match. Yes. Uh, like, there would be action, and then chin locks, and then action, and then chin locks. Yeah, it was a little bit. It was, there was That was the one thing where you were like, what, why? Why? It's a tag team match. Like, I don't get a chin lock in a tag team match, honestly. <laughs> uh, eventually, there is a distraction on the referee, and uh, the heels get the heat on, I wrote, on HBK. Uh, who is not hardly who is not HBK at this point? No. Uh, then Michaels just starts to make his own comeback, which includes one of the first times we've seen a moonsault. 
Yes. Uh, on Takedo. Uh, and then there are dual cross bodies from the top rope to the outside by the Rockers. Again, like stuff you just did not see in this point in time. The Rockers were so great. Uh, like they were, they were just so fun to watch. They follow up all this great action with another chin lock. Chin lock. <laughs> uh, another ref distraction, and then the Express hit a double stun gun on Michaels, and again they get the heat on him. It's almost like they got the heat too early, and we're like, oh wait, we got to add another like five minutes. So <laughs> exactly, yes. Uh, Fuji also uses the cane. Uh, of course he does. Piper and Gorilla are talking about the Royal Rumble, yes. and Gorilla says. He likes the rumble because the rules are easy. There are none. And I thought, there are rules. <laughs> <laughs> like the rumble has rules. Yes, it does. Uh, Your feet can't touch the floor. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, more heat on Michaels with a nerve hold. My One of my favorites, always. Like, it's so easy. You just have to grab a guy by, like, his shoulder. Pinch his shoulder. Yeah. And it's so debilitating. You can't move. Oh my God. Um, Michael sells like a motherfucker. Uh, so many flip bumps. Uh, they do a goofy spot with the belt. Did you? <laughs> do you remember this spot, any of you? Where the Orient Express tried the double clothesline with the belt? Oh, the cane? Or yeah. the? No, it was a belt. Oh, a belt. No, I. Oh, like was it one of their sashes? Stu, do you remember this? Uh, is it where Sean like jumps into the belt? Yeah, he jumps into the belt, and then the two dudes all <laughs> knock yes. their heads together. Yeah, they took a bump off of it. That's so, right. so, so I was dumb. A wrestling title belt for a second. Uh, hot tag to Janetti. The crowd. He runs wild. The crowd is losing their shit. The crowd is hot all night for this. Oh so. yeah, they they they're they're going crazy. Janetti, classic Janetti, jumping around, pumping his fists. <laughs> Uh, a bunch of stuff. A bunch of stuff happens. They end up doing this goofy slingshot into a chop. Like, yeah. What, like one of the Orients will do the slingshot, and then when like the rocker dude is is flying through the air, he gets chopped. Yeah, so Tanaka will chop whoever, and so they like the results. I guess it looked terrible. Yeah, they did one, so I guess they were happy with it. So they tried again, but then Janetti ends up doing a sunset flip on Tanaka, and the Rockers get the win. A little bit of a strange ending. Not not super pleased. I want to. Um, mention a couple things uh, about this match that I uh, thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, Gorilla and Roddy talking about how the Orient Express and Fuji can communicate better in a different language. Um, but then, uh, I believe that was Gorilla says this, then Roddy counters by saying that the Rockers make their own decisions and the Orient Express take all their direction from Fuji so they don't know how to think independently. <laughs> That was that was some high quality analysis. I also enjoy um, they repeated a spot from WrestleMania six, where of course these two teams met uh, previously on pay per view, where um, uh, Shawn Michaels is sent in for the ride, and fucking Tanaka does the big spinning like uh, uh, crossbody splash on him when he yes. comes off the ropes, like he's facing one way and then and then surprises him coming the other way. I think it was off like a leapfrog or some shit. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Looked even better this time. Stu, what do you think of this match? Uh, this is really fun. This was like, well, I really don't remember this type of match in the the early days of WWF that I watched. I kind of forgot how advanced the Rockers were when you were used to seeing like Boss Man against fucking Hogan or something. Yeah, yeah. generally not a lot of wrestling happens in wrestling back in those days. 
Well, yeah, this was really fun. Uh, I gave it three and a half stars. I'll give it four. I love this match. Yeah, I go four. Uh, Meltzer gives it four. He says, it was long and mainly great, but there was a two-minute nerve hold as a tribute to the wrestling career of Mr. Fuji. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Now, if that is three and a half stars, let's talk about a five-star segment, shall we? (laughs) Yes, indeed. Sean Mooney is backstage with the Macho Man. Macho King. The Macho King. Uh, And Macho King says he has a commitment from Sergeant Slaughter that if Slaughter wins the world title, Macho King will get a title match. (laughs) Yeah, right. eh? And then he says that Sherry is about to trick the Ultimate Warrior into making the same commitment. Yes, it's so good. So... They're standing in this kind of locker room thing. They've got, like, one of those, you know, a little monitor. Yeah. And uh, Sherry then comes walking out into uh, into the arena, and Gene Okerlund is with her. So I do have a clip of Macho's, uh, Macho's promo as well, if you want to play that oh, one. Oh, this, okay, here we go. Yeah. Well, Macho King Randy Savage, it is my understanding yeah. that you have a statement to make. Oh, yeah. I'm the greatest World Wrestling Federation champion ever, and I'm the number one contender for the title. And I don't care who tonight wins the title between Sergeant Slaughter and the Ultimate Warrior, because I got a commitment, yeah, from Sergeant Slaughter saying that if he wins the title, I'm the number one contender. Oh, Macho yeah. King Randy Savage, that's all very interesting, that's but right uh, it is. aren't you getting a little ahead of yourself? What are you talking about, Sean? You better well, tell me right now. Can you tell me now that you've got that same commitment from the current World Wrestling Federation champion, the Ultimate Warrior. Sarcastic in your voice. You, I know what you're talking about right now, but that commitment will come from the Ultimate Warrior in about a couple of seconds. Because Sensational Queen Sherry is going to bait the Ultimate Warrior, and she's going to bait him right now. Sensational Queen Sherry, there she is right now. You watch the Ultimate Warrior be a fool, because he is a fool, because he wouldn't make the commitment, but he's going to make the commitment now. Well, there is something going on on the arena floor. Ooh, yeah, watch and listen. Uh, let's, let's try and reach Mean Gene Okerlund. <laughs> I love it. Macho so unhinged. Okay, so my first thought is isn't there like a committee that decides who gets the title shots? I you'd think. But you know, without Jesse around to talk about it, I guess they're phasing that out. Okay. It's just the champion just decides who gets the title shot. It's like, oh, I'll give you a title shot. And like, why would Slaughter give Macho Man a title? I guess you know, maybe to agree with him to screw the Or Warrior, but I don't. Well, get it. obviously, Sergeant Slaughter is uh, is 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 you know is part of the plan. Um, I guess if if I love how Macho King's just like I'm the number one contender. <laughs> I, I don't really know on what grounds. Uh, so uh, Sherry is cutting her promo. And they have this little, like, screen in the screen with Macho Man watching backstage and, like, gesturing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Sherry is cutting a promo on the Ultimate Warrior, who then comes out in a USA leather jacket, and he's got the title belt and its light purple strap. <laughs> Stu, were you excited to see the Warrior? Uh, I actually forgot that he was the champion going <laughs> watching this. So that was just like, oh, fuck, this guy's... Still around. <laughs> I just thought for some reason I had it in my head that he had disappeared during the Gulf War. <laughs> so good. Possibly uh, to go and fly a plane. Uh, the uh, so Sherry, uh, when the warrior is out there, starts to get all sexy with him. 
It's awesome. I, I did provide a clip if you want to hear it. Oh, of, of Sherry being sexy? Sherry admiring the warrior. I've admired you for a long time, warrior. You know, I've looked into those great, big, beautiful, hazel eyes of yours. And as a matter of fact, I've often looked at your lips and wondered what it would be like. And also, I've always looked at your chest and wondered what it would be like to touch your chest. As a matter of fact, I've often admired you from afar, warrior. This strong, broad, wide back. And your hair, it's, it's very wonderful. I've also wondered what it would be like seeing you with the wind blowing through your hair. So what's it going to be, warrior? Are you honorable? <laughs> right. You I, got, I got two comments about this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number one, like, the goofy shit that she has to say because this is still a show, like, primarily oriented towards kids. Yes. So she can't just kind of flat out and be like, I'm going to suck your dick for. (laughs) (laughs) The second thing is. The second thing is that description of the warrior's body. Vince had to have written that. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) Just everything he loves. Look at that. Look at that back. back. Uh, so the warrior is acting like no woman has ever talked to him before. It's so weird. Um, and, uh, he's just like, he's got this dumb shit look in his eyes. So then she gives the warrior like this little kiss. Yeah. And right on the the smack, a big smacker on the lips. Yeah. So then she like drops to her knees and the warrior, for some reason, you know what? You tell us what he's doing. (laughs) Well, he has, he has, first of all, she kisses him. And he all, he all, <laughs> what does he put his fingers to his lips? Yes. And then all like smells them and has this giant smile. Like, he it's starts, so sniff- weird. He starts sniffing his fingers like he was like finger banging her. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, it was so, so like, weird. it was so goofy. I actually screenshotted it and like sent photos to Megamix. I'm like, what? That's right. <laughs> what? He's like, he's yeah. looking at the crowd with his like two fingers up to his nose. Like I, I get, they're really trying to sell like the swerve kind of aspect of this, but like, it's 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 pretty out of character. That not not really out of character, but it's just weird. The Ultimate Warrior would come close to being seduced by Sherry. Uh, then, In that way, it's weird. And then uh, finally, uh, she asks for the title shot, and the Warrior kind of you know breaks character and goes back to being the Warrior. He spits and he tells her no. Yes, and uh, bits and snorts. Yeah, and then runs away, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then the best thing in the world happens. Yes. <laughs> Again, do you want to talk about this? No, you go ahead. Uh, they cut backstage. Macho Man is pitching a fit in the locker room. <laughs> Throwing a tantrum. He throws a chair. He breaks something against the wall. And then he's like, I'm going to get him. <laughs> runs out runs out the, the, the locker, tears down the hallway, fucking sprints through the audience. He's not in yep. the entranceway. He's sprinting through the audience. He leaps the barrier. 
uh, in like one swift motion by the ring and runs to where Sherry is. And he's just, he's so upset. Yeah, it was a nice display of athleticism from Randy Savage. Oh, it was so good. This whole thing was so cartoonish, and it was so perfect, and I loved it. I loved it, too. I mean, I, the, the Sherry part, a little long, but, uh, but uh, I, I, you know, it set everything up well for the, for the, big, uh, the, big, uh, the big attack later. Uh, well done. Stu, watching this for the first time, what would you think? It was one of the fucking weirdest things I've ever seen in WWE. <laughs> and that's saying something. Yeah, essentially, Savage is both annoyed that Warrior turned down the BJ. Yeah. But also uh, annoyed that Sherry was in with so much, I think. <laughs> it's very layered for Randy Savage. Uh, I mean, her, him and Sherry would be done in three months, right? Uh, another interesting thing, with the exception of Sean Mooney, everyone else involved in the segment has passed away. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, we go to match two, two big hosses. Oh, my God. We have the Barbarian against the big boss man. And I guess the boss man has been fighting through the Heenan family at this point for, for quite some time. Yes. Uh, uh, Bobby Heenan has been, what, insulting his mother? Yes. Calling him Barney Fife. <laughs> like what a burn <laughs> thanks so boss man fighting through the heathen family to get to mr perfect i guess at wrestlemania pretty much to the storyline here yes uh so uh the boss man stalls Ugh. uh for a period of time uh and heathen says to the boss man that once uh that if he wants to get to heathen he has to go through the barbarian first which is great like just a chicken shit manager move yeah, fantastic. <clears throat> um, the boss man, I, I mean, I didn't write a ton about this match. I wrote, a uh, boss man can fucking move. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, for, for a big fat dude? My good, for, my for, god. For a big man. Uh, he gives Barbarian the Cactus Jack clothesline outside of the right. ring. Yes. Um, Barbarian hits a clothesline on boss man to get the heat. Uh, the boss man gets his foot tied up in the ropes. And that allows Barbarian to work him over uh, yeah. and then give him some of the worst-looking forearm shots to Bossman's man's back. Oh, Barbarian's terrible. Uh, there is a bear hug to the boss man, which he gets out of uh, by with a palm thrust to the chin. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he does also hit an enziguri, a big fat enziguri. That's right. That's right. He got to go catch my foot. Uh, they do a, actually like a lot of near falls. Bossman hits Barbarian with a stun gun, but Barbarian gets his foot on the ropes. Yep. Uh, there is a top rope clothesline to the Bossman, but Bossman gets his foot on the ropes. Uh, Bossman hits the Bossman slam, goes for the cover, but Barbarian gets his fingers on the ropes. It's like, they, and again, like a spot that was not widely used. It's like an agent was just like, let's just, you know, you could put your, yeah. you could touch the ropes and break the just pin. Touch the rope with your finger and let's just have it be a near fall. That's great. Uh, Barbarian hits Bossman with one of the most terrifying pile drivers I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm trying to get that dude up. My God. Uh, eventually we get a high cross by Barbarian off the top rope, but Bossman rolls through it for the pin. Uh, and so he wins the match. Heenan runs away. Yes. I actually thought for these two dudes, the match ended up not being that bad. You know, you shave three minutes off this thing. It's pretty damn good. Uh, it was 14 minutes and 14 seconds. I gave it three stars. I'm going to give it two and a half. I, I liked it, though. Stu. I give it three. This was, ah, like, okay. 
Bossman was working then. Like he was, I guess, still kind of in shape for a big dude. And yeah, he could do way more than I remember him being doing. Uh, yeah. Barbarian's fucking terrible. But it was yeah. a fun match considering, but neither guy are exactly known for being any good. Well, and you know, it's nice. That, I mean, there was a, there was a feud there, so there was some kind of a story. It yeah, was, it, I was pretty. I thought I thought it. I thought it worked. Uh, Melcher gives it two and three quarter stars. All right, right in the middle. Uh, we move on to a promo from Sergeant Slaughter. Do you have this promo? Yes, I do. Let's hear it. All right, you puke. Slime. Uh, <laughs> Slaughter, tonight you'll be shut missing- your whole puke <laughs> and listen up. <laughs> And all you maggots out there, listen up. If you think that there's turmoil in the world today, you wait until I leave this area and I head to the ring to face the ultimate puke for the World (laughs) Wrestling Federation Championship. And when I defeat the ultimate puke, and I, Sergeant Slaughter, become the new World Wrestling Federation champion, then you will see some turmoil. Turmoil like you've never seen before. What these maggots need is a leader. And I, Sergeant Slaughter, will be their new leader. I have integrity, and I'm someone they can look up to and respect. Ultimate puke, your weeks are no longer Which is great. Your days are no longer right. how, how do you watch this? And, like, again, at this point in time, and, like, there are still lots of people who think this is real. Yeah, I don't know. I How? I mean, this, to me, when I was thinking about it, I was like, this kind of seems like <laughs> the last, like, main event, super cartoonish heel. Very cartoonish. Like, ridiculous. Like, just over the top, but which is weird because it's a very real kind of uh, character, not a real characterization. It's based off of like getting real heat, which is weird because it's so over the top. Um, there's also a, a warrior promo, which is terrible as usual. Oh, oh my God. The uh, warrior is the fucking worst. Uh, so we get match three, the ultimate warrior versus Sergeant Slaughter for the <laughs> WWF title. Yes. Uh, Mon- Monsoon makes sure to mention that Slaughter's views don't reflect WWF or the Arabic community. <laughs> I mean, they know, right? Oh, my God. Uh, Warrior hits the ring, and he cleans house. He rips the Iraqi flag into two to a massive ovation. And I always thought, like, it's not like all the people of Iraq hated, like, like hate the USA. Yeah. It's just kind of like the, the guy, like the dictator that runs the country in his uh-huh. army. So, like, yeah. why do you have to rip the flag into pieces? Uh, <laughs> just just wait till the mania gets even worse. Oh, uh, He stuffs the flag in Slaughter's mouth and then delivers a massive beating. Uh, Slaughter, um, for as goofy as he is, sells like a motherfucker. Oh, my God. He sure does. Um, as the beating continues, we get Sensational Sherry coming down to ringside. Yes. Uh, she grabs the warrior's leg, so he chases her down the aisle. Like an idiot. And when they get near to where they go backstage, Macho Man comes out of the shadows. Out of nowhere. It was great. Uh, and tosses one of the spotlights onto the warrior. Stu, were you horrified? 
Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Alright. Uh, Slaughter keeps uh, stopping the count because the warrior is like literally crawling back to the ring. Yeah, yeah, he gets he gets worked over pretty bad by Savage. Uh, and then when he gets back in the ring, he gets beaten on. There is a bear hug by Slaughter. The warrior eventually powers out, but then hurts his back, giving a body slam. Uh, Slaughter then works over the warrior's back and gives him the camel clutch. The warrior's legs are fucking like halfway out the ring. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And they got the perfect camera angle too. Yeah, it's like full body; you you can't miss it. And like they're like they have the ref at the front for the whole like oh he can't notice it, and it's like you wouldn't just know like where like, you are in the ring. Like, yeah, you got to think you're a professional wrestling referee in the top federation in the world. You got to have some ring presence. Exactly. Uh, the uh, cel- uh, slaughter ends up celebrating like he won, and the ref tells him he didn't. So the warrior does what his an idiot. Yeah, the warrior does his goofy comeback. So then Sherry hits the apron again. Yes. Uh, the warrior ignores Slaughter like an idiot. Uh, he press slams Sherry to the outside onto the Macho King. Uh, then the ref gets uh, distracted by Slaughter, and the Macho King drills the warrior with the scepter, which looked great. It, it looks fantastic. Uh, and uh, Slaughter drops an elbow on the warrior and gets the pin. Yes. Uh, Piper and Monsoon immediately speculate that the decision will be reversed, but it, but it isn't. Uh, the, the fans, caring so deeply for the Warrior, immediately start chanting for Hogan. Yep. <laughs> uh, the Warrior recovers and sprints backstage. As he would do. And they announce that Slaughter is the champ, and Piper and Monsoon are so disgusted. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, Stu, how upset were you watching this? How upsetting was it? Uh, it was so upsetting that I actually sat through it all, uh, <laughs> expecting something interesting to happen. It's not. Awful. It's such a fucking bad match. I mean, it, <laughs> oh, I get the point is not to have a good match, but it's just so shite. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Well, I can't imagine. I mean, it's interesting to think about it through watching it for the first time in today's lens. I mean, it's a bit, this match is a little mythical in my world. And I know it's bad, but like I can, I can watch it and be like, yeah, I remember this and I remember this and I remember this, but I can't imagine watching it cold because it would be unbearable. Yeah, it was so stupid. And even Savage couldn't save it with his goofy yeah. although you're right that scepter shot was fucking incredible that was great you know and i was thinking sorry i was thinking about this if you like you're watching it and and you know you have the full benefit of hindsight knowing that this ends up being yeah slaughter three months later drops the title to hogan at wrestlemania in front of like a tiny crowd and no one really cares and you're just like there this historically is nothing really i mean if anything the bigger match that came out of this was the career-ending match. Yes. Yes. Right. Well, that's where the heat, all the heat is, right? All the heat is is King and Warrior. There's nothing else. I mean, Hogan and Slaughter have some heat, but it's just really circumstantial. So, really, in the end, uh, you know, the real rub goes to the Macho King and, and the Warrior. Uh, I gave this a star. Yep, I agree. Uh, Stu, what did you give it? What would you give it? I'm taking stars that I've given out in the past back, uh, <laughs> just to level my my levels up again. Yeah, you get uh, the point. 
It's terrible. Uh, 12 minutes and 45 seconds on that match. Uh, We get an advertisement for WrestleMania 7 at the Coliseum. Yeah. We come back and Coco Beware is just finishing off his entrance. And then we get the full entrance down the aisle with uh, the Mountie. Oh, my God. Uh, Piper and Monsoon still just completely upset about Slaughter. Yep. Uh, The crowd is totally dead for this match because they've they've just been shocked with the world title change. Yes. Uh, Coco tries to wake them up by clapping many, many times and gets no (laughs) response. Waving his arms like a bird. Like, this looks like an opening house show match. Oh, my God. Uh, The announcers claim that Rougeau trained with the Northwest Mounted Police to learn some of his moves. Yeah, some of his, uh, his control techniques. So I guess he went to Regina to Mountie School. Yeah. And, and uh, incorporated what he learned into pro wrestling. I would like to specify to the listeners, they do not talk about him as being Jacques Rougeau. No, they do he not. He is a new, completely new person we have never seen before. Yeah, and his name is The Mountie. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Hart distracts the ref, allowing Mountie to drill Coco with his cattle prod. And then Rougeau gets back in the ring and yells at the crowd, I'm the Mountie. <laughs> uh, the Mountie gives a claw to Coco. Uh, and Monsoon says that's a pacification hold used by Mounties. And I thought, did Fritz von Erich go to Mountie school? <laughs> uh, Jimmy Hart gets right in Frankie's face. You, yes, you talk about this. the best this. moment of the pay-per-view. Talk about it. Well, he just starts, he starts jawjacking the bird at ringside and laughing at the bird. Stu, did and, you feel bad for the bird? I always felt bad for that poor bird. I always <laughs> felt bad for the British Bulldog dog as well. It couldn't have been a very nice life <laughs> moving around so much and being people probably like using your turd as jokes and what have you. Like, think about, think about the fucking bullshit that wrestlers do to like other it, humans. Yeah. So what that bird had done to it is, yeah, it was oh man, it was great though. Yeah, so just pointing in his right in his face in the bird's face, he's like, "Look at that! <laughs> Look at what's happening there, Frankie." <laughs> it's your man. He's gonna beat you. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, awesome. The Mountie throws Coco out of the ring and then does this weird march in the ring, which I guess is supposed to be some Mountie march. But looks like <laughs> goose stepping. Well, Piper actually says, "Is he goose stepping?" <laughs> didn't catch that. Uh, Jimmy Hart is still talking trash to the bird. Uh, Coco eventually makes a comeback but gets drilled with some sort of boss man slam looking move and loses and I wrote, bad match with some funny shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that that, that, uh, Jimmy Hart stuff is the best. And Piper talking about mounty control techniques. I gave it a star. Yeah, I'll give it a dud. That was a bad match but with funniness. Stu? Yeah, a half star. Just because there was a bird and I like birds. <laughs> starring three, <laughs> starring three quarters from Meltzer, nine minutes and five seconds. Sean Mooney, way too long. Sean Mooney interviews Macho King. Uh, he claims yes. he claims to have always been the champ. <laughs> yep. Uh, he then says he's going after Slaughter, which is great. Like it, it kind of makes logical sense. Yes. Uh, then there's a pounding at the door of his locker room, and Macho Man sells it big time, and him and Sherry scurry away. <laughs> He all sells it. He's all scared. Yeah, because the a clip if you want to hear it. Oh, you should have stopped me before I cut the That's promo. Okay, no, no, it's fine. Let's hear it. Let's go to Sean 
Macho King Randy Savage. I have to say I've never witnessed a more heinous act than what I saw you do tonight. And I will really? go as far to say that the Ultimate Warrior might still be the World Wrestling Federation champion if it weren't for you. Well, you should realize that no one says no to the Macho King. He was never the World Wrestling Federation champion. I was always the World Wrestling Federation champion. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow, past, present, and future, I'm the greatest of all time. Let him cry. Let him cry. Let him cry. He should have made the commitment to make me the number one contender. Well, now I'm going Randy after Savage. slaughter. Despite what you might think, uh, I would say the Ultimate Warrior is not on your trail. They run away. Awesome. I love how he's like, I was always the champ. Yep. The dude hasn't been the champ for two and a half years. <laughs> nope. And he's like, I was always the champ. Hey, past, present, and future. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I love the Macho King. Um, you, know, you know what? Like, there's a guy that was like, like, just the best. And then they're like, you're a heel now. Why don't you be the king? And he all just ran with it. Amazing. Uh, they are clearly at intermission here, by the way, in this show. Yes. Uh, me and Gene interview Sergeant Slaughter. He basically just brags. Uh, they can then go back to Piper and Monsoon, and they're so upset. You have a clip of Piper here? I do. Piper throwing a tantrum. Here we go. If he thinks for one minute that he's earned the respect of anyone, he's crazy. Stick it in your nose, and you slaughter, you son of an unnamed goat, and I'm giving a bad name to goats. You can take it and stick it in your ear, because you ain't holding on to that for long, baby. You are, in fact, Sergeant Slaughter, the ultimate puke, and you proved that to everyone in the entire world here tonight. This guy's disgusting. He can, he, I'll tell you what he can do, man. He can take that title because now it's open doors. We all get a crack at you, Slaughter, and if you think I'm holding back or anybody in that dressing room is holding back, then, baby, you are definitely wrong. I... So... <sighs> So, so the thing with this, and Piper does this a few times during the show, it's like, I don't know if it's his gimmick or if he was actually told, like, you know, you can commentate, but you can't, like, swear. Yeah. Because later on, he'll say things like hell and then apologize yeah. for it. Yeah. But here, he's like, you son of an unnamed goat. Stick it in your ear and up your nose. Like. <laughs> it's so annoying. Like, in, in real life, in real life, you'd be like, you know what? Fuck that guy. <laughs> I love how they're so mad at Slaughter when it was clearly Macho King and Sherry who caused that. Well, that's, that's how it goes. The heat's got to go to the, the champ, right? Oh, I know. It's just funny. Uh, but yeah, so Piper, again, uh, being a giant baby. Now everybody gets a crack. And, uh, yeah, most notably Jim Duggan. Uh, so we get messages from fans to the troops. And I have to say... These fans are a lot less embarrassing than the usual wrestling fans. Yes. Because they're actually saying real things. Like, they're talking about real life. So not like, this, my favorite's going to beat your guy. <laughs> they're actually talking about real life stuff. Uh, we get promos for the Rumble. Uh, I've got the names of everybody here. Uh, you have a couple? I have, I have a few clips, yeah. All right. So go through it, and I'll tell you when I got one. All right. We've got... Uh, Jake the Snake. Uh, yeah, typical. Earthquake. I got a promo. Here we go. And the Royal Rumble is every man for himself, baby! The Rumble's here! And I know a lot of people are going to go right for the Earthquake! But I'm ready, so bring them all on! Bring on the Undertaker! Bring on Mr. Perfect! Bring on Tugboat! And Hogan! I've got something special just for you! <laughs> He's so jump, I, go. 
I included this for a few reasons. Um, the first is Jimmy Hart, ridiculous. Um, and him all saying the names of the wrestlers after Earthquake does, ridiculous. Earthquake, for some reason, all singles out The Undertaker and Mr. Perfect, which is strange. Like, what a babyface promo. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you may recognize the end of that promo, big man. Uh-huh. Uh, with Hogan, I got something special just for you. That would be a uh, my my own character in our backyard wrestling crib. That line for line, that last uh, that last little bit at Free for Brawl '98. But you did not jump up and down in anger. I did not jump up and down like I was causing tremors. Uh, we get Greg Valentine. Like why? Well, I'm the winner of that Royal Rumble. Uh, Texas Tornado. <sighs> the Legion of Doom. A good, uh, another good one that I still remember to this day where they're, uh, it, it seems to me that it seems to be, that was pretty good. Uh, we have Undertaker and Brother Love. I got this one. Oh, do you? Yeah. Uh, here we go. The 29 pots have been dug. The Undertaker will bury all 29 opponents. And the only thing the other 29 competitors will be doing tomorrow is... Rest in peace. (laughs) (laughs) I include that because you got here. It's like one of the few, like, brother love and Undertaker moments. Resting in peace. In I'm glad, peace. glad he fixed that. Yes. Uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who makes a point of punching his two by four. <laughs> uh, Rick Martel. Yeah, uh, bragging about his body. Uh, the British Bulldog. I included this for Stu. <laughs> Here we go. Was he fooled? <laughs> the Royal Rumble. Every man for himself. And with 29 other opponents in the ring, I'm glad I'm a Bulldog. <laughs> That's fucking embarrassing. <laughs> Why would he what an embarrassment of a promo? What does that mean? I don't know. Stu, do you know what that means? I'm going to guess that they only told him about 10 minutes before that he had to do a promo, and that was the best he could come up with. <laughs> like, he they're very happy to be doing it, though. They only gave he him one a... take? That's it, yeah. He's like... What I like most about Bulldog at this time is uh, not only the brains, because th- those are amazing. <laughs> But the uh, the uh, Union Jack earrings are a nice touch. <laughs> uh, we have Mr. Perfect. Yep. And then the last one, the one you played to start off the show, Tugboat. Oh, my God. So <laughs> I, just as a little aside, I, I pulled up like a 411 Mania like review of the show just to kind of keep track of things that are going on. And there, it's, a weird, it's a weird write-up that the guy does because he doesn't include the Mountie match. And he does the interviews after the um, the next match that we see. And he has this, he says, interviews, here's a classic from Tugboat. And then he, like, transcribes it. But it's, like, a completely different promo. Maybe, maybe. Like, talking about life preservers and shit. Maybe it was a Coliseum video exclusive. I don't know. I remember the Tugboat interview for years and years. Oh, of and course years. we do. That's our one of our favorite interviews of all time. Eat, eat, eat. Uh, they go back to Piper and Monsoon. Uh, Piper says this is the greatest pay-per-view he's ever been at. And I thought... He was at WrestleMania 3. <laughs> I also thought you just spent the last half an hour like bitching about everything that's going yeah. on. Like you're so angry. Like yeah. he's so fucking mad. Both him and Monsoon, they call the guy the puke and they hate everything. And then they come back and they're like, it's a pretty fucking good show. <laughs> Um, DiBiase cuts a promo uh, about how he bought Virgil. 
Virgil stares a hole into him. Yes. And we go to the next match, Ted DiBiase and Virgil against Dusty and Dustin Rhodes. And the first thing I thought was, it must be fun for Dusty to actually like wrestle Virgil, the guy that he was named that was named after him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, Piper talks about how he was hanging out with Virgil. Yeah, that's right. That's just the whole thing where they're laying the seeds, right? Piper goes out for lunch, and they have they drink milk. Jesus, <laughs> Piper is just so annoying. Uh, there's a melee to start, and the good guys get the best of the heels. Dustin gets the best of Virgil. Uh, DiBiase gives Virgil shit about it. He's like, what am I paying you for? Exactly. Uh, DiBiase eventually tags in and gets the advantage on Dustin. Uh, finally, there's a reverse, and Dusty comes in. Dusty only comes in twice in this match. He barely works it. Yeah, I know. And he is... Too bad, too, because when he's in there, he's fucking great. I wrote, Dusty didn't really work much of the match, and he's just so fat. He's very fat, but fuck, he can go. Uh, Dustin eventually starts selling like he blew a knee out. It gets worked over. Uh, Virgil goes to clothesline Dustin, but Dustin ducks, and DiBiase gets nailed instead. Then DiBiase wails on Virgil and gives him a toss. Gives him a toss, fuck. Uh, Dusty goes to town on DiBiase, but misses a charge into the corner. and yeah, gets charged him... big th- th- with, the, with the knee, eh, or something? Yeah, and then he gets rolled up for the pin, so they still give DiBiase the win. Yes. Um, Matt shocked. I gave it a star. Yeah, not good. Uh, Stu, would you like to tell us what happens next? Uh, so this is one of the most famous things, and I do remember seeing this. Yeah. But don't remember seeing this whole show, so maybe I'm getting a bit more look at my dates. But this is where Virgil finally, after all those years, stands up to DiBiase and clobbers him with the belt. Yes, indeed. And uh, which would lead to. Did they have a WrestleMania match? Yes, they did. Right. Okay. Maybe that's seven, and then and then at SummerSlam '91, the rematch for the million dollar title. Yeah, this was big, big, big time stuff. I mean, this was really into it. Three years of build, right? And when Virgil, when Virgil drills DiBiase with the belt, people go fucking crazy. Yeah, he he demands Virgil put the belt around his waist. He humiliates them. And uh, and Virgil finally snaps. It, it was really good. It was really well done. Uh, by the way, Dusty's last match in the WWF, and uh, and Dustin's for a while as well. Gold dust. Yeah, I, I know. Gold dust. Just so you know, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but he turned into gold dust. Oh, thank you. And Cody thank is his, uh, Cody is his brother. Uh, I am an insider. Damn it! <laughs> yes, you are. Um, Hogan cuts a promo. He's with me and Gene. He dedicates the match to the troops overseas. Yeah. And as... Do you want, do you, big man, do you want to hear it? Oh, do you have it? Do you want to hear the promo with Hoax? Here we go. Okay. All right, things really heating up here at the Royal Rumble. And speaking of that, Hulk Hogan, here we go. It's going to be every man for himself. Well, you know something, Mean Gene. Now it's time more than ever for me and all my Hulkamaniacs to unite, brother. You know, there's 29 other competitors in that ring. But I'm not worried about those dudes, brother. I want to tell you what I'm all about and what I'm standing for out here. I'm dedicating this match to all of our boys over there in the Persian Gulf and to all of our allies, Mean Gene. And with 
with that type of power, firepower, with that type of energy, brother, I don't care about the other 29 competitors, Mean Gene. I'm going to fight, scratch, and claw my way all the way to the top to win that Royal Rumble. Because with the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, and the Marines behind me, Mean Gene, Hulkamania has got more momentum than I've ever had. And I'm going to prove with all the armed forces behind Hulkamania, truth, justice, the American way, I'm going to prove that I'm going to win that Royal Rumble. Hold on, Hulk. I hate to interrupt you. <laughs> this is so we goofy. We are getting, and I can't believe this, an unconfirmed report that the new World Wrestling Federation champion, Sergeant Slaughter, has just defaced the American flag. Now, that could just be a rumor. No, me. No, no, me, Gene. Let me tell you something. Sergeant Slaughter stealing the WWE title is one thing. But if Sergeant Slaughter has gone so far to deface old glory, to deface the red, white, and blue, brother, I don't care if it's legal or not, brother. Sergeant Slaughter, that would be the fate that would seal you in for good. And no matter what happens, Mean Gene, Sergeant Slaughter's reign as the WWE champion is going to be just like uh <laughs> you know I know exactly Sudan, what it's going to be just like Sudan Hussein's reign over Kuwait brother it's going to be only temporary <laughs> I like, love it Sud Sudan Sudan Hussein he can't get out there's a few things about this promo fellas that 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 just I love um obviously Hogan flubbing his lines is tremendous um <laughs> Mean Gene, uh, with the like the little jump when he when he when he pretends that his earpiece is telling him something is great. Um, Hogan is at his absolute like this has to be his his most like broided out and bloated post pre oh, like two thousand. He's so right? fucking big. Like this is him at the peak of his of his of his of his uh, bigness. Uh, I like how. Uh, besides flubbing the lines, uh, I just like to think what what did Saddam or what did uh, what did Slaughter do to that flag? Like they're like he know. he defaced it. I'm like I just like to think that you know he won the title and then he just put the flag down and peed on it to celebrate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stu, what do you think Slaughter did to the flag? I think he took a dump on it. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna say that uh, Shawn Michaels showed him how to hump it. <laughs> like he did to the Canadian flag in '97. Uh, he did it to the Quebec flag, didn't he? Maybe it was the Quebec flag. No, I think it was the Canadian flag. Oh damn, Michaels! He did put the Canadian flag in his nose once. Yes, he did. Uh, finally, the last match, the Royal Rumble match. Here we go. Uh, so I'll just run through this, and you guys can stop me when you have stuff. Okay, sounds good. Uh, Bret Hart in number one, Dino Bravo in number two. They both get entrances. Uh, Monsoon says neither of them can win, so that's great. Like, <laughs> really putting over the first, like, half of the match when you're like, well, none of these guys can win. <laughs> so good. Uh, Greg Valentine is third. He goes at it with Bravo. Jimmy Hart distracts it's gonna take him. It's going to take him 25 minutes to get started. Here. Well, that, that will be mentioned a little later, too. Yes. Uh, Greg Valentine actually dumps Bravo early. Jimmy Hart gets mad and gets on the apron. Because he's upset that Bravo was eliminated. This starts Greg's Valentine's massive face turn. Uh, Paul Roma is number four. They double team Brett early uh, and also turn on each other. By the way, Paul Roma, speaking of dudes on the gas, holy shit. <laughs> Such a tiny frame. Like that dude's like, it's like worse than Benoit Dynamite. Uh, Texas Tornado is five. There are many spinning punches. <laughs> <laughs> Back then, fellas, I was a big Texas Tornado mark. 
all I all I could do when watching him was just to to see if I could spot any like weirdness with his fake foot. <laughs> that always right. Too. Like I was like, how he ran to the ring. Yeah, well, that's pretty good. Like, how does this contraption work? Like, he's pretty natural on it. He does, he does a really good job of concealing it. I'll give him that. Um, Rick Martell is six. Uh, Saba Simba, a stude. Do you want to tell us about Saba Simba? Uh, I don't have a fucking clue who that is. Is is that The Rock's dad? Uh, no, no it's Tony, Tony Atlas. Atlas, though, uh, former oh. tag team partner of The Rock's dad. Uh, that might be where I'm getting a bit, mu- a bit muddled up. I haven't got a clue who this bloke is, other than I guess I did know it was Tony out of the deep down. So his, his whole gimmick is just, he's a savage. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. It's 1990. He's like, we, he's like, we don't have Kamala. Let's put Tony in a in a in a in a loincloth and a. And right, a but at least at least Kamala looked the part. That's true. Saba Simba is it's it's a weird one. It's I, lazy. 1991. Yeah. It's super racist as well. I yes. uh, also at this point I noted that thus far in the match, Bret Hart is the only person who has done a single wrestling move. Yep. <laughs> Everyone else is kick and punch. Punch. Here's the thing yeah. with Saba, like Kamala and Saba Simba. Kamala, I don't know how that gimmick originated, but that Kamala gimmick was well established before the WWF got him. Yes. But Tony Atlas was like a champion. He was a major yeah. player for a long time. And then Vince brought him back and was like, well, we got to repackage you. So let's make you an African <laughs> savage. Oh, <that's> terrible. <laughs> Just terrible. Uh, Butch from the Bushwhackers is number eight. And of course... Big pop and a big wide shot of the arena with so many people doing that dumb walk. So many, like, adults. Again, I gotta say, I find it just so strange. <laughs> Grown men fucking bushwhacking. Uh, and they're so excited. Saba Simba spills out with the model, but the model stays on the apron and Simba is eliminated. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Jake is out at number nine. Jake, yeah. the man, I was fucking into him. Uh-huh. Yes. So they had an angle. Was after the- Martell. Yeah, they had an angle at this time where Martel had sprayed arrogance in Jake's eyes and had blinded him. Yes. So Jake comes out. The model jumps him right away, but Jake makes a comeback. The crowd is going apeshit for it. The model yeah. slips outside through the ropes. Jake gives chase, but then Valentine goes after Jake, and uh, they're separated for a while. Yeah. Uh, the model then... Vengeance and hatred can cool down a little bit in the, in the car, during the course of a match. Yeah. Then the model... Spills out onto the apron again, and he's kind of standing there. And the ref starts administering a count. It's so weird. Like, he's counting him out of the rumble, which is weird, because, of course, yes. now these days, guys will, like, hide under the ring for 45 minutes. <laughs> yep. I, I kind of like it, though. Like, there should be a like I, there should be a rule where they're like, you can't just hang out outside the ring. Yeah, you can't go through the middle rope and walk around for, you know, minutes on end. Uh, the uh, Hercules is number 10. Uh, him and Roma, of course, are a tag team, so they work over Butch because Butch really needs to be double teamed. <laughs> uh, Tito Santana at eleven, he goes after the model right away because, of course, they were a tag team that split a year and a half before. Yeah, I like that they go they go at it like this long after. It's like I like the acknowledgement of the past a little bit. It's nice. Uh, Roma gets low bridged by Jake and is eliminated. Uh, the model has been teasing eliminations. Basically, the model is in here for like 50 minutes, so many times teasing getting eliminated. Where he's like holding onto the rope with one hand, all like, and you know, it's Martel, so he's doing all this like overacting. It's pretty good. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, Undertaker out at 12. He gives a choke to Brett and tosses him right away. Yep. I then wrote, Brett will get his revenge in 97. Yes. <laughs> uh, Snooka out at 13. Uh, Taker dumps Butch, who Monsoon calls the Bushwhacker. <laughs> the Bushwhacker. <laughs> uh, Texas Tornado, oddly, like can't stop going after Undertaker. No, hitting him with all sorts of spinning punches. <laughs> uh, Bulldog out at 14. Stu, how excited were you? Uh, in my notes, I put he's looking well. Uh, and his ass looks exceptionally large. Yeah, he's got his his. He's got a really big bum at this point. Oh, he's jacked to the fucking gills. Yeah, oh, he's in every place. Uh, there is a fan with a mullet who keeps strolling back and forth, uh, and like back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, what's going on there? Uh, Monsoon says it's mayhem during one of the most boring stretches of the Rumble. There's a lot of I boring have... stretches during this Rumble. Sue? I have a note here where I said that the, the commentary sounds like one of the original PlayStation 1 WWF games where it just randomly shouts things. Yeah, yeah. There's like really even, Half the time it doesn't fit with what's going on. They're just randomly like, oh, what a rumble. <laughs> like, they have to fill space, right? They're just like, can't be silent. Yeah. What are you going to say? He's punching him in the corner again. <laughs> uh, oh, there's another kick. Uh, smash out at 15. Uh, the mullet dude is back in his friend, uh, with a friend and the security finally moves him along. Nice. Uh, the model from the apron snapmares Jake over the top and eliminates him getting more heat. Yeah. Yeah. Ducked out of the DDT. That was the big thing. That was the beautiful part about Jake. All never always teasing the DDT, never getting it. Uh, Hawk out at 16, Shane Douglas at 17. Uh, Shane Douglas, like kind of, uh, the start of his career. Coming in when they were, he had this like little minor jobber push. Uh, Tornado finally gets dumped by Taker and Snooka is tossed by Hawk. Yes. Uh, number 18 comes up. No one comes out. Yep. Uh, I love this. Monsoon asks, why is there no one out? And Piper's like, let's get back to the match. He just no sells. <laughs> Like, oh my God. they've had, this is the, what, this is the uh, third Rumble, the fourth Rumble that they've had. No one has ever not come out before, and they're just like, oh, well. And it's supposed to be Randy Savage that he's run out of the building because he's scared. Well, so they don't know it at this point. They don't know who it is. Um, after, end, right? yeah, after going back to the match, I'm sure Vince got in Gorilla's ear because then uh, about a minute later, they do start talking about it. Yes. Uh, and they say there's a list of participants that they have in front of them. Yes. Because, again, it's not like today's Rumble where it's so many su surprises. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Animal out at 19. The LOD double team taker and clothesline him uh, over the top rope. But as soon as they do, the model chicken shit dumps Hawk. So good. Uh, Monsoon finally then here mentions that it takes Valentine 15 minutes to get warmed up. Yes. Uh, you will notice Shane McMahon is one of the referees at ringside. Oh, I did not. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the ones. Uh, I don't know if he if he came out, though. Uh, when Taker was getting, uh, they were telling him to go to the back without, without causing a ruckus. And Shane, Shane O'Mac right in there. Uh, crush out at 20. The demolition start working over Bulldog. Uh, Stu, you must have been so upset. Uh, yes, it was very sad to see him being picked on by a couple of weird masochistic kids. <laughs> But don't worry, it's uh, it, two more guys, a big fat dude is coming out, so you'll be happy. 
Uh, Hacksaw at 21, the fans go crazy for him, uh, largely, I'm sure, due to the USA, USA theme of the night. Yes. Uh, earthquake out at 22. Stu, did you call your dad? Uh, I could just sense his excitement as I was watching this. <laughs> as soon as he, uh, yeah, one of his, one half of his favorite tag team of all time. Uh, he squares off with Animal right away and ends up tossing Animal for the elimination. Uh, Mr. Perfect comes out at 23. We're starting to get some real stars, finally. And, and, the, and, and him, when he tosses that fucking towel and, and, and Heenan catches it behind his own back. Awesome. I thought Heenan was going to miss it. I know. It too. looked like he was. So and, good. Uh, he takes his time getting to the ring, which is smart. Yes. Uh, but then he immediately starts uh, selling for Hacksaw, but then low bridges Hacksaw for an limb. It's not really a low bridge. Like, four or five guys get eliminated by, like, they, they, they have the guy on the ropes, and they back up, and they charge him, and the guy, like, puts yeah. the shoulder down and tosses him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, happened a little too much in this match. Yeah, agreed. Hogan out at 24. Ugh. Uh, fans are so excited. He tosses Smash right away, goes after Earthquake. Perfect helps Earthquake get the heat on Hogan. So many Hogan chants. I mean, let's face it, the dude is still the most over guy in the company. Absolutely. Uh, Haku is at 25. Hogan just randomly tosses Valentine. 45 minutes for the hammer. Yeah, the dude's in there for 45 minutes. Hogan all of, all of a sudden is just like... <whistles> and I have never seen a more nondescript 45 minutes in a Rumble, ever. Like, Martel was all over the place. Valentine might as well have been invisible. Like, what's the point of having you in there for that long? Really? Yeah. Uh, Anvil is at 26. Uh, he sprints to the ring. <laughs> he runs so fast, but then when he slides in the ring, it's so clumsy. He gets, like, caught up on the apron. <laughs> uh, Quake tosses Tito. Yep. Uh, so I love this. This is uh, the Luke elimination. Stu, do you <laughs> want to talk about Luke? Yeah, this is the one where he just, like, does his little walk in immediately gets tossed out by Earthquake and it just keeps going on the other side, which is which is one of the like really famous ones that they show a lot when they're doing the Royal Rumble by the numbers thing. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, Monsoon, yeah, Monsoon, you have it. What Mon does he say? Monsoon and Piper speculate and laugh over how Luke just doesn't care, and I think to myself like, what a way to bury the match. Yeah, like the dude was number twenty-seven. Like, he has a prime number, and he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. He whacked his way in and whacked his way out. <laughs> he just hit out from. Knobs uh, is out at 28. What star power? Uh, Monsoon and Piper talk about who hasn't come out yet, and so they mention that there's Macho King, uh, there's Tugboat, and there's the Warlord. Uh, when they say Tugboat, Monsoon calls him the big guy, Toot Toot. <laughs> You think there'd be some other guys like maybe he was talking about Kerry Von Eric and he'd be like you know toot toot for different reasons. Knobs <laughs> uh, eliminates Hercules, which is kind of weird. Yeah. The Warlord is out at twenty nine. He looks like Stone Cold Steve Austin on steroids. Yep. Uh, Hogan dumps Crush dangerously over the corner post. Yep. Uh, Hogan clotheslines the Warlord over the top, and finally at thirty we get the Tugster. <laughs> tugster. Uh, as he's walking to the ring, so many hoots from the fans. <laughs> I fucking love Tugboat. Uh, that, of course, uh, means that Macho Man didn't come out, and Piper and Monsoon speculate that he was run out of the building by the Warrior. Yep. 
As Tugboat's getting in the ring, the camera misses Shane Douglas getting uh, tossed. Yes. Monsoon then, uh, and Piper, put over Shane Douglas saying he did really well in the Rumble. And I thought he had zero limbs. He just kind of got in there and like hung out for yep. a bit and got thrown. Yep. And they're like, what a Rumble. <laughs> like, what a debut. They also speculate, like, they also talk about how it's like, you know, this isn't the kind of match a rookie would, would be in because it's so dangerous. <laughs> it's all like the least, like, no one ever gets hurt in a Rumble except for Vince oh. when he blew out his fucking. His quads. <laughs> uh, Bulldog puts Perfect on the top. Oh, this is this is my favorite sequence of the whole match. Okay. Yeah. So Perfect goes to the top. Bulldog knocks him down. Perfect crotches the uh, top rope. Yeah. Uh, Bulldog gives him as good a drop kick as he can, and yeah. the Bulldog, our uh, Perfect falls out and he is eliminated. Yeah. Heenan, who is uh, um, on the hard like on the hard camera side. Or no, he's not. He's he's like he's basically like you know um, on the other like on the ring of the on the side of the ring facing us. He's yes. so mad. He throws yeah. the towel. It yep. goes into the second row. Yep. A fan catches it, and then <laughs> this grown man runs onto the screen right over to the where the towel is. So excited that he might get the towel, and when he <laughs> sees that he can't get it, he all sulks off camera. <laughs> Uh, By the way, at this point, I'm so excited. Uh, in 1991, fucking also loved the British Bulldog. I was so excited. Well, you called yourself the British Pitbull. Yes, I did. <laughs> uh, Nightheart gets dumped by the model, who is really getting a monster push tonight. Yep. Uh, the Bulldog tosses Haku. The model finally gets dumped when he goes over the top rope, but the uh, or to the top rope, but the Bulldog also clotheslines him off. And then Quake and Nobs double team Bulldog and toss him, and we have uh, Quake, Ugh. Hogan, and Brian Nobs as the last three in a row. <laughs> what, a, what a great final three! Uh, so the heels double team Hogan. Yeah. Uh, Earthquake gives him the ass splash. Yes. And as the bad guys celebrate, Hogan gets up. Yep. A uh, big boot gets rid of Nobs. He then tries to slam Quake, and Quake falls on him. And we have to get another Hulk up. Yes. And eventually he slams Quake and tosses him, and Hulk Hogan wins the Rumble. And he waves the flag, and everybody's happy. And uh, that is it. The, the Rumble lasted for one hour and 16, or sorry, one hour, five minutes, 16 seconds. Uh, Meltzer called it the worst of the four Rumbles thus far. It was bad. Uh, as far as the Rumble goes, yeah, like kind of the least fun and interesting match on the whole card. Yeah, it was weird. It was weirdly like it just, just slow. And not nothing really interesting happening. I mean, you go back to 1990, the big Hogan Warrior face-off. 1989, the big Hogan Savage face-off. Really nothing going on in this match. Not at all. Hogan just kind of wins it. And like, and then starting the next year, the next year the winner gets the title. And every year after that, you go to WrestleMania. This is kind of the one where it's like of no consequence. It's just kind of a match with no stakes. Right. Agreed. At which no well, wonder the, why the pride Luke... of, the, of the American people was at stake. Yeah, like no wonder Luke walked out. On the match. Uh, Stu, what did you think? Uh, yeah, it was pretty uneventful. It wasn't terrible. It just a lot of, like I said, uh, you know, if you like up to the sixth or seventh guy and there's been not one single wrestling move performed, it's not great. Uh, and a few things I know, it was there's a lot of big beer bellies in this Royal Rumble. <laughs> like Dino Bravo, Greg Valentine, uh, both of LOD, both of Demolition are just like. Dudes who clearly work out a lot, but just 
crush a six pack of Miller Lite after they finish working out. <laughs> Indeed. That's great. Hacksaw, too. Uh, other things I know is Hogan is is absolute richest mahogany color at this point in his career. <laughs> He's like molasses kind of color. So tanned. God. So tanned. Agree. Um, I, 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 I thought the match was. It sucked, and it's it's bad when it sucks when it's two minute intervals because oh my god, such a long slog. I think we've uh, said this before when we're doing. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I think we've said this before when we've been doing reviews, is that it's really hard to make a rumble boring. It really is. But they, they, this they one was. Yeah, they succeeded in this one. Like, that middle section was terrible. It really yeah. was. And if you look at the next year, they just start to learn how to really put these things together, right? Like, with different, multiple kind of segments. Whereas previous rumbles were kind of, like, based around, okay, we're going to do a bunch of stuff, and then we're going to have, you know, this big middle part that happens, or towards the end. Uh, this one had none of that. No, like it wasn't broken up into segments like you see even right the next year and the and the and the years after that. Uh, anything else, Stu? No, I think that was a bit mainly. Uh, uh, I was also quite <laughs> amazed by the final four being Bulldog, Hogan, Earthquake, and Knobs. <laughs> I did wonder, like, what was going on with the other member of the Nasty Boys that he wasn't involved. I don't know, because the next year Sags is there and Nobbs isn't. Maybe it's in their contract. They can't both be in a room. <laughs> uh, no so, idea. So there you go, folks. The uh, Royal Rumble 1991. And uh, we we did this review, of course, because we love wrestling. And also because this coming weekend, this year's Royal Rumble is taking place. So I'm sure we will comment on this in the future. Yes, indeed. Uh, but uh, until next time, and I don't know what we're going to do next time, but we'll figure it out. Uh, until uh, then, yeah, though, as always. Uh, thank yeah. you very much for uh, Mezzanine Sleepover Hall of Famer, Disco yes. Stew 81. Thank you, fellas. Always a pleasure. Uh, at Disco Stew 81 on the Twitter machine. I am at Slip with Five Eyes or Slip. I'm at MegaMix.com. We'll see you when you see when we see you, folks. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.